It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. Welcome back to the playground. It's been a while. Uh, it has Ark, been, yeah. Uh, that uh, my name is Herb, and I am talking with Arik, who would like to apologize to her fans. What am I apologizing for? For being sick and making us miss a week. Oh, yeah. And I'm sorry. I actually do want to apologize for that. And if I still sound sick, which I've been told I do, I just want to say sorry. It's It's been the least fun. Uh, I've been I think you sound so sick long. in the colloquial sense where you sound awesome. Oh, hey. You sound aw. sick. That's, this is why I do this podcast, everyone, so that I get awesome comments from my friend like that. <laughs> uh, but no, it's like it was really bad. Like this is the sickest I've been in a long time. Yeah, I know you, you were also like, recently were it was very like a sick, week and a half for you, right? It's still going. I'm not even 100% now. Yeah. But yeah, the 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 like can't get out of bed was like 7 straight days or something. That's was... unbelievable. Yeah, I was I was pretty sick. I would say it was You were very worst. sick. Yeah. yeah, it was like the worst flu I'd had, but I I was yeah. only like completely bedridden for 2 days. What's crazy is I didn't ha- I didn't get the flu. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. I maybe like an incredibly bad cold, but like I didn't get the flu cuz I never had a fever. Weird. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Craziness. I mean, it was and just unpleasant. severe IPS. <laughs> I don't know what it was. All I know is it sucked and continues to suck, but it is sucking less now than it did before. Was it more un? You know what? I was going to make uh, a basketball comment, but I want to talk about some other stuff before we dig into the basketball. What do you want to talk about? What do you got to talk about? I'm excited. Uh, I've seen a couple of movies i've seen a lot of movies uh really? since we last recorded so man i obviously about don't town over here yeah yeah man about town staying in his apartment and watching movies like a sad oh. old oh, i sad. thought you went you meant you went to the movies okay no no no. that is no i did buy different. my ticket for captain marvel but yeah um, really is that yeah. like what people do now yeah well you know me and my brother we like to go to the marvel movies on opening night because that's yeah, when you're you get an opening the, nighter yeah well it's just it's fun to see it with the most devoted uh fans who generally right. receive the film as well they get excited for every little reference and every little right thing. they're like yeah. dude, they're so amped it's gonna like raise the whole thing exactly yeah yeah, yeah. i i think if you're, if you're gonna see you know obviously the you know the big screen and the great sound is, is a reason to see something in a theater but i, I think even more than that um there, there's just something infect infectious about the, the collective experience in the right crowd and, and that's you know that's what we like that makes perfect sense to me uh cool yeah but I've, yeah. been that, I've been that guy. I will not be that guy from Captain Marvel, but I will say that I am pretty darned excited for Captain Marvel. Yeah, I'm hearing pretty good things about it. The early reviews are extremely positive, despite the yeah. fact that yeah. a bunch of sad, <laughs> lonely men are trying to <laughs> torpedo. Yeah, the pre-hate is really crazy. It's amazing. Like, you know, with everything else that's going on in this world, it's amazing in 2019. That that's what you're going to focus yeah. your rage on what also like with these people how do you misconstrue someone's comments to that degree which comments well so the reason that they're mad is because she said that she was hoping that the reporters at her press events might better reflect the diversity of america right so she was Uh, like i want all the reporters we have and more reporters like bring in all the reporters get everyone in here that that uh, reflect the wide variety i don't want to limit just to one thing and they took that to mean she doesn't want us to go see her movie because they are apparently they know exactly who she's talking about and it's them and and she doesn't like them and it's like how does saying i want you and other people mean i don't want you 
I don't get that at all. Because she didn't say, like, these are not the reporters I wish were covering me. I wish there were different reporters covering me. She just said, I wish there were a wider variety of the spectrum of reporters covering me. So it's, like, insane to me. In a weird way, it's slightly comforting to hear you say that. Mm. Because I thought the whole controversy was just they didn't want like a female oh just a woman yeah. leading a movie. No, she did say something that uh, that set them off. They also don't want <laughs> a uh, a woman leading a movie. Yeah, right, well, I, I have say. a feeling if like a a male lead for a similar film made a similar comment, it would have probably gone unnoticed. Um, yeah, she said, it's, "I just don't want just these people." Wow. Wow, and wow. that, but it's like, oh my god, I don't even want you to see. She doesn't even want me to see the movie, so I'm not going to. And I hope it's terrible. And I hope they were like, literally, like, I hope she's not in Infinity War because that's going to be the last one I watch. And it's like, okay, first of all, by the way, the only person you're hurting here is you because yeah. there are nowhere near enough of you for this to matter at all to anyone. This movie's going to make a billion dollars whether yeah. you like it or not. Yeah, and it's just gonna you're gonna look like a, a silly uh, human being. But it's just like a silly old the, goose. The lack of of any kind of awareness of what's going on is just so d- upset, like worrying to me. Like as a as like an leading indicator of the future, it's it's quite worrying. Yeah, I mean, again, there's yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot yeah, of stuff going on in the world. Hardly and, the uh, one, but I'm excited that you're going to get to see the movie. And then because I like you, always tell me like you're good at like letting me know that you're stoked about something without in any way in, impinging on my enjoyment of it. Like spoiling it or or overly trying to frame away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't set any kind of spoilers. I'm less concerned about, especially for a Marvel movie. But like, you just don't push any kind of narrative. You're just like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just qualitatively like, I really enjoyed this. Hopefully, you will too, or whatever. You know. I I think for the first like couple months that the movie's out, if you can still see it in the theater pretty easily, the respectful thing to do is is give people the opportunity. You know, to to see it uh, yeah, on their own terms with yeah. fresh eyes, especially if yeah. if if you're at a point where I'm the only one who can ruin it for you, that means you've avoided a lot of stuff on the internet and things like that. And yeah, I don't I don't want to undermine that effort. Well, we appreciate you. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited for it. You know, I'm really excited for the Avengers just because I want to see how it all resolves. But uh, uh, this yeah, one... I plan to I plan to rewatch the one the one that already came out soon. The one you hated. I, well, the thing is, I did hate it, but I hated it in a context that I'm not sure would carry over to my next watching of it. Because mm-hmm. I hated it because I saw it with, if you remember, I saw it with my brother-in-law, who that was the first Marvel movie he was seeing. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and my wife, who loves Marvel movies, but not the fighting. It's like if your first like Frank Zappa album is like some like late 80s classical, you know, all MIDI Zappa album. It's like... It's exactly like that. So exactly uh, like that. I, I just think that I need to watch it again on my own. Uh, you know, I, I might watch a couple of the others too. Maybe rewatch Ragnarok, which I really enjoyed, or like rewatch Black Panther, which I loved, or rewatch uh, some of the others. Just kind of get myself back in that mind frame, uh, and then throw on uh, Infinity War and see if I find a different movie in it. And I suspect I will. I'll be really curious to hear to hear what you think because. As much as I enjoyed that film and I did really enjoy it, like it was definitely, uh, in my opinion, it's just it's not for everyone, you know. Like, like right. But currently, I have it ranked last on my ranking list, which I have a ranking list. <laughs> yeah, that's, so it, it'll it probably slide up a few. Yeah, it can't be last. It's, like, right? it's better than Iron Man two. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It is yeah. literally below Iron Man two, which, by the way, is the next one on the list. That is correct. No, that's a really bad movie. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. yeah. Really don't really don't enjoy that. 
Um, uh, so you know. Speaking of Black Panther, which is uh, yes, as much as I loved, I, I think I'm still kind of shocked that it was nominated for Best Picture uh, at the Academy Awards, which we have acknowledged many times on the podcast. They don't mean anything, but it is an Oscar-nominated film now, which seems weird. Uh, uh, there's a hilarious comment um, by a writer from The Good Place on that movie on Letterboxd where he says, Michael B. Jordan is the Michael Jordan of actors. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <so good. laughs> that's, he's great. That's good. He's, he's great. One of the yeah, best yeah. things in that film. He should have uh, been nominated. He was fantastic. Um, best picture is, is surprising. And, and I loved that movie. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't deserve it because I actually think it does deserve the nod, but it's not a very common thing to have happen. It's the first superhero movie ever to be nominated for best picture. If you're going to nominate one, I would definitely choose that one. Um, I just think it, it it matters on a different level than uh, than some of the other ones, but um, it is uh, sh- it is shocking to some degree. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it is it's like the you know twenty something film to follow a very well worn formula, and it does have uh, some aspects to it that are extremely impressive, and it is very well done. I I just think like to to say it's one of the the you know ten best films that came out in 2018 is like okay. Well, I just think to see a movie that uh, is so um, uh, evocative of this like non colonialist potential past slash future to see these people on the screen like I think the for the Oscars specifically uh, other things matter than jet like you have to be a a recognized movie as quality right but there Mm -hmm. are it's not no one claims that the oscars are a pure you know uh uh i don't know what you would even call it like a meritocracy because what would that even mean like film is so subjective so you're starting from a baseline of saying okay uh, it has to be critically consensus critically acclaimed right but Mm -hmm. then it's like what are the intangibles and for the for black panther i think it's just that you know it's like an almost entirely black cast it's uh, uh strong black women it's it's this uh technologically advanced non-colonialist uh, African nation. It's, it's, it's a seeing stories we don't get to see. It's an incredibly powerful narrative about the differences between uh, helping oppressed people versus not. I mean, there's a lot actually of depth to the story that I don't think is in all of the Marvel movies. Some of them have it. I think uh, some of the Captain America stuff have, uh, films have dealt with some stuff. Uh, uh, in my opinion, Iron Man 3 has dealt with some stuff. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, honestly, I, I really enjoy. But the, not all of the movies have anything at that level of like depth to them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so I think I think it makes sense, but I I don't think that it's. And you know, Ryan Coogler is also a sort of Oscar-ish director, right? With um, Fruitvale Station and uh, Creed. Uh, uh, and Creed, I don't know if it was nominated for an Oscar, but certainly Fruitvale Station was, you know, considered to be a. That's a prestige film. Prestige film. So he's a prestige yeah. director who did it, and I, I just think I think it makes sense. I also, you know as we've said, think the Oscars are somewhat um, nonsense. I mean, there's so many examples I could point to, but Crash winning Best Picture is probably the most recent, like, holy moly. Yeah, that's like, that one wrong. that's the one. Um, yeah, I, I I totally see everything you're saying, and, and I don't really have a strong opinion, because much like you, I think the Academy Awards are, you know, completely uh, uh, lacking yeah. in any kind of I, meaning. I will not watch and will barely be aware of what happens. But... Is it, I think is it this weekend? Don't even know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think it might be this weekend. Um, the reason 
I brought it up though because I had a great segue. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we sorry. Got lost in a tangent. No, it's don't, a don't fun discussion though. I like talking about superhero movies. I will always happily set aside uh, the that momentum of a conversation to talk about superhero. Films. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, but speaking of films that were nominated for Oscars this year, I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yeah, I want to hear about this because every single person I know who has seen it has given it like a very poor review. So that's interesting because every person I know that has seen it loves it. Um, really? Yeah. I, I had a friend who told me they watched it twice in one week uh, because they liked it so much. Um, I, I I guess I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, but, you know, it, it was nominated for an Oscar. It made a ton of money. Um, and uh, Rami Malek, the, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, I would assume it's Rami, but Rami Malik. Malik. Malik, yeah. Mollusk. Anyway, <laughs> that guy, Mr. Robot, he uh he was nominated for best actor for it, which I find kind of amazing because uh it's <laughs> it's like a second rate Austin Powers, um, which is funny because Mike Myers is actually in the film. But he <laughs> he's got these you know, obviously, Freddie Mer- Mercury had h- huge teeth. Yeah, it's a, it was a kind of iconic uh, feature for him. But he's he's yeah. got this guy's got these giant dentures on, and he can barely speak through them. And he's got a what I thought was a pretty unimpressive uh, and inconsistent English accent that he's kind of forcing through this like giant mouth. And it just, I mean, there were things about the performance that were good, but the idea that that it, it was nominated for best actor. I just, I just, I don't, I don't see it whatsoever. You know, with Black Panther being nominated, I'm like, eh. You know, there's a lot of great stuff about that film, and and it's cool that it's being rewarded. I just don't think it's quite at the level. You know, there's plenty of stuff about it that I think kind of like kind of weighs it down to a kind of that second tier of greatness. But I totally see it, and I'm totally fine with it. With this, the film, and in particular the performance, I'm like, what are they? What's going on? Like, they just, they want some of that Golden Globes money. <laughs> this is like, this is like something that the Golden Globes would nominate. And then, you know, and then it would be like, well, it's cool that he got nominated for a Golden Globe because he'll never win an Oscar. I just, I'm shocked by it. Um, what do you, how do you feel about Queen in general? The band? Oh, uh, I like Queen and my wife is a Queen super fan. Mm-hmm. Um, she really wanted to go uh, see this film and I keep telling her like yeah we can go see it but just so you know everyone that I know said it was awful um, so I'm kind of like maybe we should wait till it comes out on uh, you know something that's not a, a movie theater uh, do do we want let me ask you this uh, do we want to even dip our the tiniest of our toes in the uh, Brian Singer waters or do we want to just ignore that oh uh, man um, uh I, Can we just say he is a bad person, and 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 maybe we all should not pay attention to his movies moving forward, and then just leave it at that. Is that sure? Yeah, that's that's. I mean, if you have anything you want to say about it, like I I have to be honest, like uh, I am I only know the details surrounding this particular film in the broadest strokes. I know the, sure. the allegations against him and. Uh, and this is, you know, he's he's been kind of uh, fighting these kinds of uh, uh, allegations for a long time. And it's it's yeah. Um, for me, yeah. in general, uh, you know, we are in in 
we should believe people who claim awful things, first of all. But second of all, when a lot of people claim awful things from the same person, completely disconnected from each other and with no clear tie or reason to claim those things, it, you know, every claim, you know what I mean? It's like if one yeah. person says you're a jerk, it's like, well, maybe you have an axe grind. If 20 people say you're a jerk, you're probably a jerk, right? Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of where I'm at on that. But also, like, just in general as a society, I think we've been very willing heretofore to ignore the toxicity of artists if we like their art. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are uh, people go back and forth on that. Like, can you appreciate the art of people who were gross or awful or evil? Um, and uh, sometimes I struggle with that in terms of can I appreciate the art of people who hated me right my identity wise i mean i'm willing um, i'm willing personally to accept that as like a a a personal decision um yeah i i think some people completely excise that artist from their life and i totally respect that some people sort of draw a line of like well it seems like up until this point (laughs) that person hadn't done anything really bad and i really like you know this so i'll i'll be cool with it um and you know i'm i'm kind of uh you know i i i I, as long as you know i i respect people to personally make a decision about where they draw the line um for me it it, it's it almost can be like case by case uh you know there's oh man it's just this is (laughs) this is dipping our tone in the brian singer thing i i know i will say this i i think that i completely agree with you that um uh on a individual level uh, everyone can make the decision they want about um, each individual artist that they know things about, how mm-hmm. much they know about them, mm-hmm. and determine on a per-artist basis what you have a problem with and what you don't. Uh, I will say, though, that when we get into things like being nominated for Oscars or just in general being celebrated publicly, uh, I think the we need a more general standard. Oh, sure. Uh, Absolutely. And so, so on that level, I think it's just worth pointing out that the movie was directed by someone who we probably believe was probably not, is probably not a great dude. Um, yeah. And, and just sort of acknowledging that instead of just talking about the movie and whether we liked it or not. And then we can talk about the movie and whether we liked it or not. Thank you. You know, to be honest, uh, I, I had kind of forgotten about the whole controversy. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I, I appreciate you bringing that up and, and you make an excellent point. You know, it's funny. It's like the uh, the stuff that's going on with Chris Pratt right now. Um, he's courting quite a bit of controversy. Uh, he is, yeah. It's different, but yeah. Oh, it's it's yeah. These these things are all in degrees, and yeah, I, I don't mean to suggest that he's anywhere near the same level as Brian Singer, but uh, you know, he does give a lot of money to a church that practices gay conversion therapy yeah and and publicly says they would not allow gay people to be you know part of their situation well they i think they since backtracked on that and said they just wouldn't acknowledge (laughs) their homosexuality well great uh (laughs) so you know and i i cannot uh i have to say i with the chris pratt situation i i i don't know like if if I was a super famous person or whatever, and I suddenly, someone suddenly called out the church I belong to um, as doing the Church that, of Scientology. For those who uh, don't know, is it Scientology? I thought it was just a Christian church. You said the church you belong to. Oh, I am not a Scientologist, <laughs> uh, but I will publicly state that. But um, uh, 
if if you know if they were to call out the church I belong to for something that you know I probably don't agree with, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and in this case, in my personal case, definitely don't agree with. But let's just say in, in Chris Pratt's case, I, he has made comments that he does not agree with those beliefs. But I love my church. I'm just putting myself in his shoes. Uh, I don't know what I would do or how I would feel. It seems like a weird place to be because it's like the people I know are lovely and my situation is great. And I, why can't I go to the church that I want to go to? But on the other hand, I also am part of know these other people and the way the church is treating them is awful and like you know what i mean like i don't really have a strong i don't think i've come to a strong opinion yet on sort of what i would personally do it's really easy for me to sit on the sidelines and be like you should absolutely quit that right yeah Um, yeah. i just know that if it were me i think i would be i would struggle yeah kind of where i land on it is it's between between being a part of that church and, and giving the money which probably i mean you know who knows maybe there's stipulations when he makes donations about what they can do with the money but probably goes to gay conversion therapy and then the fact that Some he of just it like anyway. loves hunting for sport i'm like chris pratt kind of seems like not a great dude um i huh. don't think i would uh like him personally and and he's not nearly on the level of of uh, some of the people that we uh referenced uh directly or indirectly but it's also like he's also kind of crappy and like and but I guess it's for me it's like I'm I'm still gonna see Avengers Infinity War. I might not go see another Guardians of the Galaxy movie if it came out. I generally don't go see the kind of movies that he does anymore because he's gotten to that level of success that most of the movies he makes are terrible. I don't care about you know Jurassic World. I don't care about like you know I, I, what's the last like Chris Pratt movie besides Guard- Guardians of the Galaxy that was good. Uh, no idea. Yeah, he was in her. (laughs) That was five (laughs) years ago, and that was. I mean, you know, Chris Pratt is. It's an interesting. This conversation has gone in a very uh, unexpected direction. Uh, (laughs) But I would say that you know, I just learned from his Wikipedia page that Chris Pratt used to work for Jews for Jesus, which is an organization I have a tremendous amount of problem with. Uh, (laughs) uh, So, but that doesn't. To the point we were making earlier, that that particular fact alone probably doesn't cross my line. for you know not being able to enjoy his art uh but all these things kind of add up you know what i mean yeah i'd say i'm at a point where it's like i'm not ready to like totally boycott him right but whatever it is better be really really interesting otherwise i'm gonna be like oh it's that (laughs) you know he seems kind of like a jerk he's engaged to one of the one of arnold schwarzenegger's kids one of his kids yeah no i didn't know that uh what's her name Catherine schwarzenegger Oh my gosh! I yeah, I, I child, no eldest idea. child of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver. Smart, get yeah. that marry into that money. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a uh, Kennedy. Oh my god! Hold on, that means that Chris Pratt is marrying a Kennedy. That's, I mean, he's like he's a huge, huge movie star. Yeah, but that is crazy. That is that is all kinds of crazy. Well. Thanks for uh, listening to the TMZ <laughs> Hour with Herman <laughs> You can see how much we know about all of this. Yeah. All just, of this. yeah. Just, just to go back uh, to Bohemian Rhapsody and talk about oh, it yeah, as a film. Um, yeah. I, I love Queen. Um, I, I'm a huge fan, and I'm not like a general, like across-the-board classic rock guy. There's some bands that I really like. There's some bands that I just totally don't see all the buzz is about but i i truly truly love queen i think they're a, a phenomenal band 
I think A Night at the Opera is, you know, one of the one of the great, you know, kind of classic rock stadium rock albums. I love it. Um I also really, really hate like biographical films of this nature. Um Did you like The Doors? No. I did yeah, not. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean generally if if there's like a um there's a few that are more like experimental that I think are pretty decent. Like a, a good example is American Splendor. I was just gonna say that one yeah. I love. I absolutely love that yeah. movie. That's a fantastic. Does not get enough film. pub. Does a, it's a fantastic, fantastic film. It's uh, it's uh, it tells the story of a person's life in a very interesting way with some um, uh, sort of experimental aspects to it, which is crucial because so many of these movies are are so formulaic, yeah. um, and it also doesn't try to make the hero seem like a more of a genius or more of a, or the, I should say the hero, should I say the main character doesn't, doesn't try to make him seem overly heroic or, or overly a genius. Yeah. I would it's say like, it doesn't, it doesn't attempt to hero, make him a hero. You know? No, not I mean, really. It, no. Which of course the, uh, Harvey Picard's art also didn't try to make him seem like a genius. So that kind of fits in, but yeah, it, it is a, I mean, I personally might say that it's my favorite Paul Giamatti role ever. Pig vomit in uh, private parts. is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I have not watched that movie in a very long time. He's but, really good in it. He's but, uh, really good in it. American Splendor is a oh man, that's a great one. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic film. Uh and then of course and, Bob Roberts, greatest biography of all time. That is not a biography. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm uh, sure there's a couple of other examples of ones that are good, but Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows is excellent. I never saw it. You because should. It's awesome. Speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger, there's a really hilarious film. I want to say it was on Lifetime. It's called See Arnold Run. And it's uh, about him. Uh, it's kind of tells two parallel stories uh, of two different points in Arnold Schwarzenegger's life where he's uh, going for his last, uh, what was the muscle thing that he competed in? Is it Mr. Universe? Yeah, I think so. It's like his last Mr. Universe title and then his, uh, uh, you know, running for governor and winning in California. And uh, it's... it was from A&E. From what? A&E. Oh, A&E. Okay, so yeah. you're looking at it. Uh, the uh, the two actors that play him at the different points in his life look nothing like each other. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really funny that they're playing... They're, I mean, obviously, they're both playing Arnold Schwarzenegger, but like you're watching the film and you're like, man, this is not look like the same person. Did you see that movie with uh, about Bob Dylan where all the people were... No, I didn't see that. At every, you know what I'm talking about? Every era of Bob Dylan yeah, is like I'm a not different here. actor. Yeah. yeah. I didn't see it either. I was I was hoping you had. That That was always... I, it sounded very interesting to me, but I didn't see it. I, I should see that. Um, that yeah, almost we, seemed a little bit too conceptual sure. for me. Yeah. I watched... I remember watching like scenes from it and it's like... Because that's like Todd Haynes did that, right? I think so. I feel like that was done by one of those directors where I always kind of like most of their films. I'm like, I, I yeah, thought that was interesting, yeah. but I didn't really enjoy it. It was um, Todd Haynes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Haynes did poison. Anyway, Velvet Goldmine. Yeah. Velvet Goldmine. Uh, Not a very good film. Kind of interesting. Um, Velvet Goldmine. I like Velvet Goldmine. That is the film that uh, made me discover Roxy music. So I'll always have a soft spot for it. Yeah. So much Roxy great music. music in that, movie. that soundtrack is yeah. phenomenal. It is a great soundtrack. Yeah. Um, I'm so off the map here. It oh yeah. I just matter. don't, I generally don't like matter. those kind of movies. <laughs> I guess it doesn't really matter. Who cares? <laughs> uh, nobody, nobody cares. We'll talk about basketball eventually, or maybe we, we won't. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I kind of want you to watch it because I want to talk to you about it. I know I will watch it at some point because my wife really wants to see it. Uh, I just I'm not going to pay theater prices to see it. I, for the record, rented it on Amazon for five dollars. So oh, it's already rentable. Yeah, I did not know that. Don't make me out to be some sort of your money bag make money bags. We know that on the <laughs> <Yeah>. show. <laughs> Richest guy I know. That's why I do this podcast. Got nothing but time and money. <laughs> just give back to the people. Yeah. Because you have so much money. Uh, for the record, in our friendship circle, I'm by a significant margin in, on, on, on the poor end of the spectrum. But that's fine. That's well, fine. You might be the best with your money, though. Yeah, but that's a, that's a matter of survival. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I probably am not that either. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. Um, can you think of any other biographical films? I, I, I don't, is it to people? I know it's abbreviated. Is it biopic or biopic? Uh, I think it's biopic. Biopic. Can you can you think of any other biopics that you like? Uh, let me. I'm gonna and see and again, can... I'm sure we're forgetting something. No, we're for sure forgetting something. I was just gonna pull up a quick Google search of like the best biopics, mm-hmm. just to see if there's anything. I like Malcolm X. That one's not bad. I actually, never the... saw that one. You never saw the Spike Lee? Malcolm no, X? I didn't. Oh, that's good. Uh, uh, the doors I liked more than you liked, but I I don't think it's like. Incredible. Oh, you know, I, just, like I saw pe- that people versus Ruth Bader, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg film. Oh, the Notorious movie. RBG. No, not the documentary. The 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 bio. There was a biopic. Oh. Yeah, on the basis of sex, it came out like two months ago. That was pretty good. I thought that was. Oh, pretty Capote. Good. Didn't love with, it with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Didn't love it. I really liked it. Uh, people love Ed Wood. Oh. Great example. That is an excellent film. Sorry, that is great. That is a great people love movie. Man on the Moon. Don't like it. Uh, I also don't like it. I like Moneyball. I think it's a little ridiculous, but I like it. Yeah, but that's more about. It's about that guy Billy Bean from yeah. your Oakland Athletics. <laughs> My Oakland Athletics, but it's, it's really <laughs> kind of just about that particular time and place. Mm. Lincoln was pretty good. I thought didn't, did not see it. You didn't see Lincoln, the, the Spielberg film. Uh, no, I did not. Oh, I love, okay, no, no, I love Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It, it might they be my favorite. real people? Yes, and it oh. might be my favorite movie. Really? I love that movie. Wow, I've never seen it. Oh my God, it's phenomenal, first of all, and yes, they were real people. I'm not uh, people love Serpico. Watch, not watching it until you watch Terminator 2. Serpico is good. Dog Day Afternoon, that's pretty uh, good. That's also not a real people. Is that a, oh, Catch Me If no. You Can, I thought was all right. Mm. Uh, you know, the, like uh, the guys who wrote uh, both Man on the Moon and Ed Wood and, I think, The People versus Larry Flint, they had a large hand in that uh, hmm. uh, O.J. Simpson. Uh, oh, the, the, people the People really versus O.J. Simpson yeah, I didn't see it. Show. That was very good. That was the King good. speech, I thought that was good. Didn't see it. Some people love The Social Network. Uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Schindler's List. Never heard of it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, Goodfellows is a biopic. Yeah, yeah, it's know. based on uh, Nicholas Pileggi, Pileggi or Pileggi Hugo. So, Amadeus, some people really love Amadeus. Oh, that is a good movie. Yeah. All right, so I'm... Passion full- of Joan of Arc. Passion of Joan of Arc is an incredible movie from 1928, which is why probably most people haven't seen it. But Oh, a movie from 1928 that's probably really boring that Arc is advocating? It's not at all boring. What it is, is it? It's not at all boring. What it's is really a full not. moon it's- out? <laughs> life of brian can we call life of brian a biopic sure <laughs> do you know it's funny that you say that because they actually on on bbc television they made a film 
about the controversy surrounding the love, life of Brian. That like controversy is insane. Oh, my God. If you haven't seen the debate with John Cleese, and I want to say it's Michael Palin and John Cleese on some, like, talking head British news show, like, defending yeah. the film against, like, idiots. It's, okay. it's amazing. I mean, that that is one of the craziest controversies around a film. I mean, it's not, like, shocking. Well, I come on. It, I mean, yeah. It's just like, what the heck is that, wrong that with you? That film is extremely sacrilegious. I, I, I mean... In a, I mean, I guess I don't know. I mean, I can't really say because I'm not part of the group that is being sacrilege. But uh, it might know. as well be a parody of the Bible. That's like, but it's not about Jesus. Is. I, I understand that. But okay, let's, let's be real here. Like they're they're, it's all with a wink and a nod. It's obviously it's a guy who lived in the same time as Jesus who experiences yes. a lot of the same things. Sure, and it's all a vessel to. Mm. mock and ridicule uh is it i feel like it's actually pretty respectful but i whatever uh i think if you watch it have you you've watched it recently right i i've watched that movie so it's, many it's times so good it yeah. is so good it's oh good night and good luck was really good did you see that, that? was excellent yeah that was excellent yeah, that was really good these lists are fun like i'm reminding myself of a lot of stuff that i completely forgot about i know for me it's just like rapid fire like it's like art's gonna name a movie quick thought <laughs> yeah did you like buena vista social club because I, I never didn't. saw that one. But okay. I, I was working I at a record store when it came out, and I had to listen to the soundtrack seven times a day for like a year, and I got really sick of it. As I good don't, as it the is. soundtrack is good. Yeah, yeah. I would see. Oh, Crumb. Have you seen the Crumb documentary? Yeah, that's not a that's not a. No, no, it's not a biopic, but it is excellent. Yeah, the Crumb uh, documentary is like one of my favorite like, movies. In- incredible. Yeah. yeah, absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah. All right. So there are some, but it's rare. I think we can agree it's rare. Yep, I'm okay with that. Yeah, so best biopic ever. Oh, Life of, Life of Brian. Secret Who's Honor. That? Have you seen Secret Honor? No, but I I know that you love it. It's about oh, Nixon, right? So good. I own it. I mean, I should watch it. Oh, Ark, it is amazing. It's. So... I mean, I I'm a fan of Robert Altman, as you know. For those who don't know, it's a Robert Altman film that he made like really inexpensively because there's only one actor in it, and he used a uh, he had all students uh, serve as his crew, and it's basically. Just a two-hour monologue with Philip Baker Hall as Richard Nixon. Like, it's like the night before he resigns. And he's, like, clearly, like, a little drunk uh, in the White House recording into, like, a a camera. And it kind of – it's, like, not explicit, but it kind of reads like he's, like, like a suicide note. It is is dark. And despite the fact that it's just one guy – Talking in a camera for two hours, it is absolutely just riveting. It's so I, good. Ordinarily, I would not correct you on this point, but I want to because I hopefully it will inspire more people to watch it. So I will correct you. It is only 90 minutes long. Oh, sorry. No. It's okay. I Who thought cares? I got some like huge, crucial details. No, I just like, want people to know it's Nixon. not two hours. It's a lot B. of time. It's <laughs> 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 actually Lyndon He's actually playing George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, where, where were we? Who knows? Um, just quickly, I also want to say, because I saw it for the first time, and I've known this film by reputation for decades, um, and I finally watched The Crying Game. Yeah, I've never seen it. I have to uh, say... But you told me it's incredible. I Yeah, I was completely, completely blown away by it. Um, yeah, it's about Northern Ireland, yeah? Yes, yeah. yeah. It's It's, I mean, that's... You could almost say it serves as a backdrop more sure. than it's not really it's not really about that conflict, although that conflict does uh, feature pretty heavily into the film. But it's um, let me ask you a question. Yeah, 
Does knowing that his next movie after the crying game was Interview with a Vampire confuse you? Not really, because like that that's pretty common that you have someone have this like phenomenally successful indie film and then they get like the big Hollywood contract and sometimes it just ends up being like a huge piece <laughs> of junk like interview yeah. with a vampire. And right after that, Michael Collins. So he went right back to where, you know, kind of his sweet spot. He made a movie called Mona Lisa, which is... Uh, very good. Cri- very good. Bob Hoskins, yeah. 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 So... All I'll say Jordan. is it's like, you know, uh, people probably know it for its, like, famous twists, which isn't even really a twist because it happens well, in the first third of the film. Don't ruin the twist for everyone. I'm not going there. to. My bud. At the time, it was uh, all, you know, that's why everyone knew the film, and it's probably contributed a lot to its success, um, which in a way is cool because it helped make the film successful, but like it really uh, does a huge injustice to the film because it's, it's about so much. And there's a lot of like really, really kind of like bold, audacious stuff that the film does. Um, And that's the least of which is that. And uh, I I just was, I was really, really surprised. You you know what it kind of reminded me of is uh, a film we watched for your other podcast, The Vanishing. Really? Well, that yeah. is high praise indeed, because both you and I find The Vanishing to be a wonderful film. Yes, yeah, it was it was uh, extremely well made, and it did some things that I wish I could explain to you right now, but I'm not going to. Because no, I'm no, I should. I will watch it. It yeah. sounds good. It does some things that are so clever and well thought out that uh, I I really just thought that was remarkable. And also, The Vanishing and The Crying Game have uh, uh, Kubrick connections because Kubrick was friends with. Uh, Neil Jordan, and he said Neil Jordan was was going to call the film The Soldier's Wife, and Kubrick's like, if you call it that, no one's going to go see it. Call it The Crying Game. That's a, not a bad connection. What does that have to do with uh, The Vanishing? Well, Kubrick was a huge fan of The Vanishing, and he watched it like eight times in seven days, and then it ended up casting one of the actresses in one of his films that didn't get made. There you go. Uh, I thought it was going to be like Kubrick once walked down the street in Paris, where the, like you know that was actually a pretty good connection. Because <laughs> you know people people like the Kubrick super fans, and I love Kubrick, but the Kubrick super fans are yeah. like so beyond a lot of other. Like he might have the superiest of super fans, and they will find like isn't there an entire documentary about like just yeah the room two thirty seven yeah it's just like they're you know his super fans are super fans. I think I think his films are so sort of intricate and so uh, kind of endlessly dissectable. In you know, I, when I when I was younger, I would I would probably have qualified as a super fan, and I am still a huge huge fan who, sure. who adores his films. Consider I could you know consider one of the masters, but like you know certainly. Uh, uh, the hysteria around my fandom has changed uh, changed a little bit, or tempered a little bit, I guess I should say. I, I think uh, I think the thing is, when you're really into him, it's it's so unique, and there are a few things that he does uh, that when you're just kind of in that <laughs> when you're in that Kubrick zone, uh, it just seems like it's either it either completely falls short or it's imitating his style. You know what I mean? Like the. The, the way the shots are constructed in all his films, you know, they're so it, it's, it's such like a signature style. And it feels like if that's like, if that's what you regard as the best thing, other things seem to fall short, which isn't fair because there are plenty of ways to shoot a film. You know, not everything has to have that like 
uh, Kubrick symmetry thing that he does. Or it seems like if they're doing it, it seems like they're just kind of ripping it off. Does that make sense? Yes. Two thoughts on Kubrick that are not really about Kubrick. One of them is that, I don't know if you saw this, but the Teslas now have a mode they go into if someone's trying to break into the car where they show the they show HAL 9000 on the screen in the center. That's... And they say to the person, like, we're monitoring you, and then all the cameras are working and, like, mm-hmm. filming the person who's trying to break into the car. Do they have to pay rights to, uh, what was that, not, 20th Century Fox? I do I not know the answer to that, but isn't that crazy? Uh, and then I don't the like second... it. <laughs> sure. And then the second thing is that I saw a list of Kubrick's favorite movies of all time. And if I gave you a hundred years, you would never guess what his favorite movie of all time was. Except for I think I've heard this before. Well, if you know it, then pull it from the pull it from the back of your brain. But if you don't know it, you would never guess it. Is it the in laws? No, although that would be a fun choice. Give me give me the genre. Uh it's a comedy, comedy drama. Give me the decade. The 50s. I give up. What is it? It is Federico Fellini's E. Vitelloni, or The Bullocks. Yeah, not not good. Zero. Zero percent chance. Zero percent chance, yeah. Like, zero. Have you seen that film? Uh, I own that film, but no, I have not seen it. Um, A running thread in this movie discussion. Yes. Uh, I have seen his number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight favorite films, though. All right, just um, just since we're on this, and then we'll yeah. go on a basketball for a little bit. Sure. Just give me just give me the top ten. I'm so curious. number one, Eva Tolone, Federico Fellini. Yeah. Number two, Wild Strawberries, the Ingmar Bergman film, one of my favorites. Man, Kubrick uh, is almost as pretentious as you. People. I, almost, maybe more. Number three, <laughs> Citizen Kane. Very good film. Number four, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, an excellent John uh, Houston film. Haven't uh, seen it. No, you should. It's great. Uh, number five, City Lights, the Chaplin classic. Ooh, very good. Very yeah. good. Number six, the Laurence Olivier Henry V. Uh-huh. Uh, number seven, La Note, the Antonioni film. Uh-huh. And number eight, The Bank Dick, which I hate that movie, uh, but the W.C. Field, F- w. C. Fields film, The Bank Dick. Uh, I Never really, saw it. really hate it. It's awful. It's racist and terrible and awful. Number nine, Roxy Hart, William Wellman. And number 10, Hell's Angels, the Hughes film from 1930. Wow. I bet yeah. that was like something he did like because he knew it was going to be public and like secretly he's like he did it in 1963. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's interesting though because he didn't list some of his favorite directors that he had said were his favorite directors. But I mean, I feel like if you asked me my top 10 favorite films on Monday and I told you a list and then you asked again on Tuesday, you would get a different list. But don't you have that list somewhere? No. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah same. Same. Yeah. Um, cool. So, so were, were there any other movies you wanted to say you saw? Well, I did watch the first Star Trek movie, the Star Trek The Motion Picture. Oh, God. I just want to it's say it was, like, so horrible. Awful. It is so awful. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I think that most of those movies are a lot of fun. Yeah. And even the ones that people think are bad, because, you know, there's that whole odd number, even number thing. Mm-hmm. All the other odd number ones, like three and five, I guess, would just be, um, are I think are both really fun and like mm-hmm. kind of malign, you know, somewhat unfairly maligned. They do not rise to the heights of the other ones, but they're perfectly fun movies. Um, although five is pushing it a little bit, but um, <laughs> I still enjoy it. We'll see, I'm really curious to see because you said you hadn't seen it when we get there. But one is, oh god, it's just like they're drunk on their own uh, effect abilities. Well, and speaking of Kubrick, they so they just boring. basically want to make like 2001. 
Right, but like two thousand, if the if all of two thousand and one was just that incredibly long scene of the ship getting to the base, right? Like, There's a lot of that stuff, but there is like so them trying to be sort of psychedelic. They try yeah. to be really profound. It essentially yeah. ends with like a very similar thing of, of like a human being evolving to the next level of existence. Yeah. It's like a lot of the allegory, a lot of the imagery, but man, it is so boring. Like so yeah. boring. It's so kind of boring. Makes you appreciate the genius of Kubrick because you see what a tight rope act it was to make a film like that work. Because, yeah, uh, the visual effects in Star Trek the Motion Picture are quite good. They're very lucky that they made so much gosh darn money with that movie that they were allowed to make a second one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that movie made a hundred and thirty nine million dollars against like a ninety million dollar budget or something. Forty six million dollar budget. Oh, by the way. $46 $46 million in 1979? It's a lot of money. That is a crazy amount of money. I want to say uh, if yeah. I'm right, I th- want to say at the time it was the second most expensive film ever made behind it, Superman. Certainly possible. That is so much money. Also, isn't it crazy that Superman at one point was the most expensive movie ever made? Is that actually true? I watched this documentary about Star Trek after I saw the movie because it was so bad that I wanted yeah. to know more about it. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they said that. Now let me look. Let me take a look. Superman budget was uh, $55 million. Good Lord. Yeah. The most expensive film made up to that point with a budget of $55 million. But how much Don't money do you think it made? Uh, $200 million worldwide. $300 million. Whew. Man, by today's yeah. in today's money... Well, you can build see. a border wall with that. What, oh, God. Too soon. Uh, USD 1978 to now. Let's see if we can find this out quickly. Value of a dollar in 1978 was... Uh, what? Oh, $4.05 today. Which means so basically that that four made, times as much. Yeah, $1.2 billion. Hmm. I mean, there yeah. are movies that have made more than that. Um, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basketball returned <laughs> yeah, after the All Star break, kind of. Yeah, so we had we've had one and a half days of like basketball. Um, yeah. there were some the good Lakers games beat yesterday. The Rockets. Yeah, the Lakers came back from like nineteen down. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, you and I both watched the uh, Warriors Kings game, which was man, that was a flub at the end. Oh, man, it seems like every time they play, it's like that. It's like well, super, I know. super close. They, the and this time it seemed like the they entire actually series. were gonna be able to close it out and then the warriors just were like nope yeah um, uh by the way there will be no latvian heritage night this year for the knicks oh, i wonder why <laughs> so that was the president of latvia went it? to the latvian heritage last last year oh my gosh yeah oh knicks knicks never stop nixon um oh and on top of that the uh Giannis's agent reveals that uh, the Knicks were the only team that didn't send a scout to see him in Greece before the 2013 draft. Wow. Yeah. If anything, that makes him look better than the 28 other teams that didn't draft him. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. What, were you, what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the last Celtics night, drafted two yeah. people before Giannis got drafted. <laughs> the, yeah. The Celtics have had really good drafts. And I mean, it, 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 right now it looks like the Tatum for, even though Tatum has not really been that great this year, it still looks like that's one of the draft trades of the century, right? Like, I mean, yeah, incredible to get people Tatum. People keep saying, oh, Fultz. Tatum hasn't been good this year. And I just, you know, his, his, he hasn't been his, great. He's been good. He's, he's been really good. And been, he's, he's been really good. He hasn't better. been great. Yeah. 
he started off like really slow and everyone was really concerned and he's been playing a lot better and and yeah he's not he's not averaging like 20 and 10 but like what do you think of um bill simmons theory that that kobe intentionally tried to mess up jason tatum i think bill simmons needs to like take a break i think he needs to like do like a one-week residency with another company where it's not just a bunch of like his own sycophants yeah it's not just a bunch of guest men yeah because like that guy like lives in an echo chamber and like listening to him talk about basketball is like getting to be really excruciating yeah do you i'm glad to hear you say that because i feel like when he was at grantland like you know zach lowe would come on and he would zach he would say stuff and zach lowe would be like no yeah that's not right and then they would go back and forth now everyone he has on staff is apparently so in awe of him that they just cannot tell him when he's wrong they it's like they just get paid to like laugh at his jokes and yeah. marvel at his uh, theories. His basketball acumen. Yeah. They they literally agree. I mean, some of them are worse than others. I'd say KOC is probably my favorite of that I, group. I like him. I like him a lot. He at least is willing to like kind of say like when he's on, I'm like, oh, this is refreshing. He actually is kind of willing to push back. But like Jonathan Charks and like some of those other guys, Jason Concepcion, like they are the definition of yes men. To be honest, outside of Kevin O'Connor, I can't really distinguish um, any of the pundits from each other besides knowing what their gender is. Like, I know those names. Right, right, I know. I don't know yeah. if I could tell them out part either. I just know that whenever I hear any of them, they all seem unimpressive to me. Yeah, that's fair. I mean... And they also seem very impressed with each other. They they have, you know, that's... that's Outside of Kevin o- O'Connor, whose, like, analysis is pretty grounded and oh, based God, on Chris metrics Ryan. and things like that. Ooh. Like that's, that is the type of basketball coverage they're doing. And it could be a choice where it is like, it does feel like you're watching TMZ live. You know, it's a lot of like, yeah, it's a lot it's of like, here's some colorful news. theories and here we're going to make a lot of jokes and we've got all these, yeah, we just crack each other up and we're going to like talk about, you know, project all this stuff on these basketball players based on our personalities and, and our like interpretations of all these asinine things. Like I, there's, there's a, obviously a market for that out there. I'm so, sure some people really enjoy that, that kind of like, yeah, I think they're doing well by all accounts. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I personally don't enjoy it. It is really disappointing that like Bill Simmons <laughs> is, is really kind of like getting off, you know, the, the, yeah, the Kobe intentionally, I like, I think he's joking when he says I, that. I think he's mostly joking. But uh, his his whole like like beef with Kyrie this year is like it's like almost getting weird. Like he literally and he like had to backtrack it like later on. But he literally said "shut up and play basketball" on one of his podcasts. Talking yeah, about no, he Kyrie. did. And then he's immediately like, "I'm not saying just you know shut up and dribble. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. I'm just blah blah blah." And it's like, dude, you're you're old manning the hell out of this. Yeah, like, dude. He's just like, "What do you know about being a leader? You're 26 years old." It's like, yeah. why does everyone have to do things exactly the way you do things? And by the way, whoever said you were such a great leader, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> that's, that's fair. Like, yeah, it's it's really like at at a certain point, like. It's leadership is is truly one of the hardest things to evaluate from the outside looking in because yeah there are a you lot don't of know things. what's going on in there you're not in there I know you have friends whatever yeah. whatever but he's like you can't learn to be a leader you either have it or you don't and it's like really did you not get any better at that yeah. or you don't you think don't you're know. better at the ringer than you were at Brantland <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really great point and and you you don't know is he showing up early is he like yeah. you know working really hard every practice like a lot that's a lot of you know those are like the main components of leadership you know a lot of a lot yeah. of times like the stuff. You know, the stuff he's saying to the press is just, you know, that that is not by a long shot the totality of his leadership. And, like, 
Bill Simmons has been like doing this thing where like every couple of weeks he flips out on his podcast about it, and and it's like, well, yeah. also don't you think it's a little bit hypocritical for someone whose entire business is based on getting people to say things they probably shouldn't say to be like you should just not say this stuff why are you even telling them anything it's like because you are in his face 24 7 yeah i mean you know it's not his type of journalism but i I understand that but it's it's basketball journalism as a whole is like so like i mean because you know they're they're coming out lately even zach Lowe, they're coming out lately to kind of defend each other when when people like Durant go on rants or whatever like that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but like why the hell are you asking him about the Knicks right now? Like why is any of this happening? You're you're creating all this drama because it's good for you, not cuz it's good for them. I I have to say like I I I don't completely agree with you. I mean Why why were they asking him about the Knicks? He had nothing to do with the Knicks. That, that was completely rumor based. Yes. Didn't he move like his businesses to New York? No. He didn't do anything. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. And I he, heard that he moved and, like like some like a business office to New York, which is like, why did you do that? Um, well, I didn't hear that. But if you want to ask someone, why did you move your business office to New York? Then that's a question you could ask. Right. But that's not the question yeah. they were asking him. That's a real question. You could say, hey, in fact, it does look it looks like that. Yes, that uh, that there is uh, uh, they are apparently getting a new office building in New York. Uh, I don't know why rich Kleiman lives in new york so that would be one other reason i'm sure there's like reasonable explanations but if you ask him hey man i we heard your company's moving to new york i bet he would be like yeah this is what's going on or i don't want to talk about that or whatever but like you're just you're not sure kevin durant would be very like (laughs) i don't know but you're not asking him that you know what i mean like you're asking him about some random nonsense about like his free agency in (sighs) february he keeps signing these one-on-ones and this is so what He's, I know the price you pay. <laughs> I don't agree with you. I do not agree. I think we are turning this into like a transaction so, league, okay. and it's super unfun. So you're you're yeah. So you're saying like right now the behavior of the press is wrong. I, wrong is a strong word. I'm just saying like these players will get fined if they don't sit here and talk to these reporters. Yeah, and the reporters do not want to ask them this is a about big part of what perpetuates the business and the league is a business. The yeah, reporters please. do not want to ask them about the game they just played. The reporters do not want to ask them about the season they're, they're having. They're from reporters. a bunch of competing websites that need to get people to read, and some people want to know this stuff. Yeah, and I'm not saying that that's cool. I'm saying that's not cool. I'm saying that's unfortunate that the, the league has become nothing but like a gossip uh, field. Look, I think that's unfortunate. Look. I work in service. I I deal with jerks every single day I go into work. Someone acts like a jerk, and they're unreasonable, and they're difficult, and I just have to deal with it. Now, I could arc the situation. <laughs> like, this is wrong, and people shouldn't act this way. But it's not going to change anything. I have to accept that the reality of the type of work that I do is I'll just have to deal with jerks every now what, and then. So let me get, let me ask you a, a, a follow up question. Yeah. Do you ever act annoyed or in a way that you might say was not your best self when oh, dealing sure, yeah. with these jerks? Okay, so there you go. Like if you're gonna get uh, harassed but by you're, jerks, you're kind all of the time, like you're 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 kind of moving the goalpost here. No, I'm just saying, like, it's one thing to say, this is your job, you better put up with it, but then also we expect them people to put up with it 24, you know, like 100% of the time, which is just, I think, unreasonable. 
yeah, I mean, 100% of the time, sure. Like, of course people are going to Durant upset. is, uh, you know, whatever. But, like, Kyrie, like, we only hear about the interviews where he goes off the rails, right? But we don't hear about the 50 other interviews where he doesn't say something that's worth that's rail-worthy, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just the guy gets interviewed so, so, so much. I don't know. I just think we, we've the pendulum has swung in a direction that I think is not great. I'm not saying it's wrong. I understand the business aspect of it. I just think it's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying, and uh, it would – I mean, it's like you said. They do get interviewed a lot, and a lot of the questions are of the nature that you want. I, I just think the fact is – I mean, you, you can't say, like, that this stuff is, like, none of our business. Like, if you're a huge Warriors fan, like, you're, like, kind of like, what's going on with Durant? Like, you know, like, is what is he thinking? Like, you're, you're thinking about, like, the next year. and I So mean, then, yeah, you ask him – Sometimes, once in a while, not every single time you talk to the dude for months. And also, I would say that's not, that's probably not even over the line. But what is to me just weird is like, uh, you and Kyrie said something to each other on the court. We need you to tell us what that was about. Sure. That was, that was definitely like, yeah, that was like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Like, how about no? And then I'm going to be made to look bad because I don't want to tell you the private details of a conversation I had with a friend of mine. That, have sure. none, that, are, that are none of your business. So, you know. Sure. I, I, I would definitely draw the line with you there. Especially, I mean, it's Thanks. one so thing to say, to like, you, you know, it's like when LeBron and uh, LeVar Ball played the first time. And LeBron pulled him aside and put up his jersey and said something into his ear. And, of course, people are going to say, like, what did you guys say to each other? And if that was more relevant because it was at, at during a game. Yeah. And but also. LeBron said, I'm not going to tell you, you know. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, I think they caught Ky- uh, Kevin on. Uh, you know, he's a, you know, he's a grumpy guy anyway, and they caught him at the wrong moment you on that say one. It. For sure. He's an adult man child. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, not wandering down that road with you there, but, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's a good place to end it. Actually, I think. Um. Wait, did you watch the All Star game? Yes. You did. Man, you must have been super sick. Is it because you couldn't leave your bed? Yes. Was it torture? Uh, n- no, I, I, I wasn't paying a ton of attention. I kind of would drift in and out. Uh, it was cool. I, Steph did like a, like, a, like a reverse dunk at the end, which was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I um, heard about that. Uh, and there were some other you know nice moments. I watched them pretend to play defense, and the game got a little bit compelling briefly. Uh you know, it was like nothing but shooting threes, which was so boring. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I really, I actually enjoyed All Star uh, Saturday Night this this year. Um, no, I thought the dunk contest was trash, but I still enjoyed it. Sure, uh, but the three point and the skills was fun. Yeah, uh, the skills is never fun, but the 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 three point. I was thought fun. the finish was pretty cool. The Jason the finish was cool because Jason Tim hit the half court yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the three the three point shootout was the highlight for sure. Uh, they had so many people in it, so it, it lasted a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really nice to see Dirk out there, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then Joe Harris. I mean, holy moly. Uh, and then the dunk contest was fine. Like, it, it, it's such a – like, I don't understand. Like, every single year, Kenny the Jet Smith is, like, on there. Like, the dunk contest is back. The dunk yeah. contest is back. He's, like, the weirdest hype man for this thing that it's never good. Uh, it's been the, the for those one of you worried remember, that there's some kind of a glitch with the podcast. I know Ark said the exact same thing last time uh, we recorded. <laughs> the last dunk contest I really enjoyed was probably the one where Blake Griffin jumped over the Kia. Oh, I thought that was I terrible. Think was the same one where Dwight Howard had the phone booth. 
It's like a very prop heavy. No, year. no, no. The phone booth was a few years before that. Okay. Well, the the, yeah. the jumping over the car. I like when they have props. They the yeah. one dude had the plane this time, but it didn't really come off. And like, I feel really bad for. I think it was Dennis Smith that like Hamadou Diallo jumps over Shaq. Uh, and then you're like, I'm gonna jump over Dwayne Wade, and it's like, yeah, that's like a seven inch difference or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, uh, more than that, actually, I think eight inches. So it's like that's not. I mean, I know you're shorter, but like, mm, uh, and uh, and but jumping over Shaq was really cool. I thought that dunk was great, and it was good enough to kind of. But it's just like I don't know, like wh- what would make the dunk contest good? I mean, the people I want to see aren't going to participate. I think that that was the probably the career highlight for Hamadou Diallo. We'll see, but. Uh, there was a really interesting um, Howard Beck interview after the uh, All Star Game. I forget. I who love was, me some Howard Beck. He's great. I forget who it was with, but they kind of talked about how when the dunk contest was more relevant and something that got more people excited, it was also a time where dunks were just like a bigger part of the league. Y- yeah, like the highlights were dominated by sweet nasty dunks. Where now we like step back threes and you know like. The, the, as as the game, uh, the focus of the game has shifted. Our sort of focus is uh, w- with the All Star events seems to be kind of shifting too. I, th- I thought it was an interesting ob- observation, and it like it just made me think like is it like a chicken and the egg thing? Like is it yeah. like is the contest like really in this like sort of gradual decline, or is it just harder for us to like even really care about it because like that's not really the aspect of the game that we you know find as interesting as we did 20 years ago it's a great point uh i will say that i will renew my call from my probably the last episode that to bring back the uh, horse contest because that just uh, seems yeah, like it would be fantastic so much fun fantastic yeah cool well um i'm glad you're feeling a little bit better i hope you feel much better soon thanks buddy are you going to join us for movie night on sunday uh maybe it really depends that's maybe so. folks you heard it here first <laughs> all right um well, well, well so. assuming that our our uh both of our healths <laughs> i cannot construct the sentence in my head you're saying we hopefully will be on a more regular schedule yeah hopefully we're both healthy and we'll record next week and we yeah. apologize for the delay we'll do our best everybody yeah and uh to all the basketball fans who made it this far <laughs> You better hope something cool happens in the league or next week's going to be just as bad. (laughs) Peace, everybody. Later.